Our studies in 2 Timothy continue in chapter 4. Please be ready at verse 6. 2 Timothy 4, verses 6 through 8. 2 Timothy is Paul's second epistle to the young evangelist Timothy to prepare him for his work inasmuch as Paul was soon to depart. The content of this letter is from God. It was written through Paul to Timothy and for us today. 2 Timothy 4, 6 through 8. For I am already being poured out as a drink offering, and the time of my departure has come. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Henceforth, there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day, and not only to me, but also to all who have loved his appearing. From this brief passage, Paul wrote near the end of his life, I want us to consider Paul's resignation, his reflection, and his reward. And I'm going to factor in practical lessons as we go through these verses, in addition to some important questions for us near the end of the study. First, there is what I will call his resignation. I am already being poured out as a drink offering, and the time of my departure is at hand, or some translations say, has come. This language has some Old Testament background. The Old Testament passages that describe the worship of the Jews through the priests and Levites, there was something called the drink offering, poured out beside the altar, and considered finished at that pouring. It was a conclusive act. Paul's life was now about to be offered or sacrificed, and he had a clear view of that end. He knew the final conclusive act of death was near. With a nobility only Christians can enjoy, Paul said he was ready. One translation, I am now ready to be offered. Let it be noted, earlier in his life, there was a point where he might not have been certain of this. I'm talking about Philippians 1.23. Paul was in a dilemma or a strait between life and death, and he thought about those alternatives and didn't know what to desire. And then he said he wanted to be with Christ. Now, at this point in his earthly sojourn, there is no dilemma. He knows death is near. He is ready. He is resigned. He knows that Timothy and others like Timothy will carry on. Crudely put, Paul was packed and ready to go. Now the lesson for us, are you ready? Am I ready? It will be healthy to inquire. What are your thoughts about death? 
not death as a general subject, but your death, my death. If I learned I would die next week, what would my words be today? If you learned you were about to die, what would your words be? What would you do? Who would you see? How would you pray? What unfinished business would you attend to urgently? What conflicts would you resolve? We ought to learn from Paul's life and his teaching that we can, by faith in Christ, be ready for death and assume a resigned disposition that is healthy, not morbid. This readiness to die is found only in Christ. From a more technical standpoint, let me take just a few minutes and talk about this word departure in verse 6. My departure has come. That word in its Greek form became a regular word for death. What it can convey to us is change, being transported from one realm to another, from the physical to the spiritual, from the seen to the unseen. For the Christian death is not an end, but a transition, a departure from this realm into the presence of God. That's not for everybody. It's for God's people. Death, think of it as a departure from this realm into the very presence of God. Reflection. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Look back over your life from this point back with your best efforts to be objective and with humility. What do you see? What have you done with your life? Now, what reflections do you want to cherish before you die? Determine what you want those to be and change your present course in life to fit those worthwhile, anticipated reflections. As long as I'm alive, there are things about me I can change, you can change for the better, so that when we die, we reflect back on good, positive changes that we made in the direction of God. At the end of the road, when you look back, do you think how much money you made will matter? How many places you have visited? How many people you know just in terms of numbers? How many arguments you won? What will matter? What mattered to Paul? What were the objects of his reflection? Three metaphors are employed by the apostle. As a soldier, he took confidence in his militant stand for truth and right against sin and error. It had been a good fight. He makes no apologies for his engagement in the battle for right and against evil. He had used the word of God to take Satan and his armies to task. He had joined with other soldiers of Christ to fight against error and sin. These were the dying words of a soldier leaving active duty. As an athlete, 
he had finished the race. This required the energy of faith, the motivation of hope, and the endurance Christ supplies his faithful servants. One of the saddest scenes on earth is to see a Christian run faithfully for a while only to quit, to fall by the wayside, to fade away, or take a different direction. Paul had finished the course and could now anticipate the crown of victory. As a steward, he had kept the faith. He had received a charge from the Lord, and he had kept that charge. The work had cost him his status among his countrymen and inflicted much pain, but he did not abandon the faith. His reflection included these thoughts of his life as a soldier, as an athlete, and as a faithful steward. Now, we need to consider, though we do not function as inspired apostles, the New Testament teaches we are to be soldiers on active duty, we are to run the race, and we have a charge to keep. As soldiers, please read Ephesians 6, 10 through 18, where Paul describes the equipment, the uniform, God has provided for soldiers in his army. As runners, read what is written in Hebrews 12, verses 1 and 2. Let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. As stewards, we are under a charge. According to 1 Peter 4, verses 10 and 11, do everything to the glory of God. So, when your life draws to a close, if you are granted opportunity to reflect, what will be the substance of that reflection? Will we be able to say we have worn the whole armor of God and used the sword of the Spirit? Will we be confident that we have finished the race? Will we be able to look back over our lives and reflect on our faithful stewardship? Paul's reflection, I hope, will be mine, will be ours, if we are given opportunity to review our lives near the end. Third, Paul's statement shows the concept of reward, the crown of righteousness. Now, this is not reward in the sense of wages received for work done. This is reward that is based on the generosity of God, the mercy of God. The grace of God needs to be central in all our thoughts about final reward because it is central in the New Testament. Whoever we are, we come into the kingdom with tainted past lives at the mercy of God, dependent on the sacrifice of Christ to be cleansed. We come as sinners. Even after being baptized into Christ, we have no claim that we measure up, that we merit God's praise and reward. So all thoughts of anticipated reward must acknowledge the amazing grace of God and the cross of Jesus Christ. Here in the case of Paul, when he says, there is laid up for me 
the crown of righteousness. This is no claim of merit. With all he did so well, he was still conscious of resting on the mercy of God. Note this, when Paul was tempted and tried, was his strength self-generated? A few verses after our text, notice this in verse 17, but the Lord stood with me and strengthened me so that the message might be preached fully. He said in Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Paul came into the kingdom from a sinful past, don't we all? And during the time of his sojourn, he was completely dependent on the grace of God. And now, without any doubt, as he spoke of this great reward, there was no thought or claim of personal merit, only the activity of faith by which he received and kept forgiveness. This crown of righteousness was given. Look at verse 8. Here it is in the New King James. Finally, there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give to me on that day, and not to me only, but also to all who have loved his appearing. This crown, not earned, but given. As Paul indicates, this was not some sort of exclusive claim for an apostle. No, he says, not to me only but also to all who have loved his appearing. The reward of grace, the crown of righteousness to all who have loved his appearing. The emperor of Rome had pronounced a death sentence against Paul, but there was something of higher significance in the heart of Paul. The ruler of heaven and earth had pronounced upon him the victor's crown of righteousness. Perhaps his enemies thought he would spend his last moments in despair. Instead, he lifted up his eyes in joy and hope. As he wrote in Titus chapter 1 verse 2, there is this hope of eternal life which God that cannot lie promised before the world began. That overrides any decree of men. So what do you anticipate when this life is over? Given your present response to God, your relationship with Jesus Christ, the conduct of your life, the formation of your thoughts and deeds, what do you think is ahead? What will your spirit be if you have opportunity to entertain last thoughts before you pass? Listen again, please. 2 Timothy 4, 6 through 8. For I am already being poured out as a drink offering, and the time of my departure has come. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Henceforth, there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord the righteous judge will award to me on that day, and not only to me, but also to all who have loved his appearing. As we conclude this study of this passage, 
There are three questions for us today. Are we ready? Have we fought the good fight? Do we love his appearing? Thank you for watching this video.